Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. I'm KP, and I'm here with New Japan or AEW, Jared? Depending on the week. Depending on the week. Today's topic will be mid-cards, perceptions of which, focusing primarily on AEW with a gloss over of WWE, we may dive in and out a tad bit with... Like New Japan Impact? Yes, with New Japan and Impact. I, I'm not 100% sure what, how far we'll get into that. It's a lot I do think Impact cover. has a pretty pretty good mid-card, in my opinion. They're, they're a company that benefits from having a good mid-card, which I, I think every company is, but them in particular. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're getting better. Again, it's, they're almost a rebuild in a weird way post the... Slammiversary, the, the influx of talent. Right, and then and the moving in of Omega for a little bit, and then the moving out and having to refigure all that out. Okay, first of all, though, you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on your iPhone, iHeartRadio app, Bullhorn. You go to the one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. You can see your, any articles about any type of wrestling you really enjoy. The Daily Smart. You can also go to their podcast section and check us out there. Moving on into this thing, like you were saying about Impact, they utilize faction warfare. They utilize everyone getting an opportunity to speak on the mic so people can find traction and get traction and move through. You see people like the Iconics, Madison Rain, Tennille, Rosemary, Havoc getting their own programs. Also, Mike Time. They move in and out. Every female wrestler is in a program. Yes, it's Ev- actually really refreshing to watch Impact and, and have that be the case, you know what I mean? Correct, and then you also have your world title picture, which is almost secondary to what is an X Division, which is almost, which I didn't I didn't think we were going to go there, but we might as well. You have Chris Bay, you have Austin Aries, who feel like uncrowned world champions at this point because they're so good and you can feel their build towards something more. New Japan utilizes the faction warfare like Impact does in a lot of ways. They have tournament formats, which also give you this way of building characters. They build their characters in the ring, obviously, but you build your rivalries that way. I think the best example recently of how they take a character and drive him all the way to the top is the rise of Shingo. Absolutely. It, it was. Uh, he came in, he dominated the uh, the junior division. He made a lot of people look really good in those matches as well. Yes. Then he moves to the, the heavyweight division, and he has some trouble, but he's steadily climbing through the ranks. And he builds a groundswell of, of fandom. And then when he goes does go over, the people love it. And he is he because I, I thought it was great. I, I, was a, I was sad it ended as quickly as it did. Yeah, yeah. But I do think they're, they kick the can on him a little bit, and they'll go back to him at some point, and he'll get a longer... Brain, I think you probably think the same way. Yeah, uh, and I do. I think New Japan's as good of a place as any to talk about it. Uh, I do think having a mid card and somewhat of a clear hierarchy in terms of top of the card to middle of the card, I think that's in most ways a good thing. Because if you know pretty much how people are stacked against each other, when something changes, when someone is rising through, it's really obvious. You're like, oh wow. Shingo's killing it. Omega's really plowing through the the mid card and going towards the top of the card. He's climbing that mountain. It it that striation makes it really obvious for when someone's going up. If that makes sense, I totally agree. I, I think totally AEW is doing that in, in some ways too. Slide into AEW here. Perception is AEW is able to every match matters. 
Yes. That's the perception of it. You have shows where the heavyweight championship is barely spoken. You have shows where hang even the last show, which had 20 minutes of heavyweight championship content, that was in the middle of the show. An hour and six minutes in is when they start. An hour and 26 minutes is when it ends. Hangman's there maybe two minutes. There's a little bit of a vignette beforehand. Archer has a match. That's all you get of that. We go an hour without any mention of that. Britt's in a, in a match, but that's not really about her title. But also, we don't mention the men's world title in that time period. MJF talks about a rivalry with Punk. And then we have the Cody promo, which is a lot. But, <laughs> all over the place. But the, by the same token, he utilized that promo to build the mid-card through his work. When you interview, he talked about a lineage of champions for the TNT title. A lineage. We've only had four or five of them. But the point was, he spoke of that title with reverence. He also belittled the fact that other companies don't. You, he, you've been conditioned that yeah. the mid-cards don't matter. And the thing was, it was funny because we, I came up with this topic a couple of weeks ago, and then Cody went out there and gave me my information or, or gave me a little cliff notes yeah. <laughs> right there in the middle of their program. And I, it wasn't wrong. And it is the way that he literally put over a handful of people by name. He put over a mid-card belt. And let's face it, the way they book Cody in general is, as he is a general. Yes. Is absolutely like he is a champion. If you beat Cody, you have gone over. And they don't just do that with him. Go ahead. You're going to say something. A gatekeeper. Absolutely. A, a go-to. Absolutely. A go-to. But also, think about it. Adam Cole comes in. He's a big deal. When he does an interview out of character, he says, I'm here to work with the young guys. Brian Danielson, almost the exact same thing. CM Punk, the exact same thing. Christian, when he came in, the exact same thing. They didn't mention the heavyweight title. They said, I want to work with the young talent but and don't get me wrong they got their title shots well punk hasn't even punk, punk yeah yeah you're right yeah he, at some point he may lose to mjf we don't know because we, we assume mjf he's another uncrowned champion but mjf feels like a title match whenever he wrestles danielson moxley everybody that gets moxley every match matters right moxley does a first thing promo to introduce the show and then he opens rampage he wasn't the main event of either show. He was the biggest deal. He wasn't the main event. The TBS title was the ending. What was it last week when you had the women's championship? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a grudge match. So what did we do with it? It was the main event. It wasn't the biggest stars. No, it was the main event. It was the main event. And it, it, anytime you have a really big grudge match that they've been building to, it doesn't have to be Chris Jericho. It doesn't have to be Cody. You can have Cody wrestling in what he considers a big match. At the minute fifteen mark, or the hour fifteen mark of the show. Absolutely, the main event is the the rivalry that matters the most. It can be Eddie Kingston. Look at how they've utilized faction warfare to make two and Garcia matter. Absolutely, right? Kingston goes through each one of them. They surrounded Hangman Page with this group of Dark Order. Well, Daniel Bryan has to go through each one of them. So all of a sudden, what matters? Every one of them. Exactly. Every match mattered. And they all gave him a little bit of trouble here and there. I think they do a really great job at that. Do you want to know where I think it comes from? Where do you think it comes from? Tony Khan was an ECW guy. Absolutely. Shane Douglas was never must-see TV for ECW. ECW was must-see TV. The Pitbulls versus the Dudley Boys got as much pub 
as Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow, which got as much pub as Shane Douglas and whoever he was wrestling. The full-blooded Italians in a blue meanie. He's still screaming, oh my God, in the middle of it. You know, everything mattered on that show. And it's the Paul Heyman. You, and you can, when you watch Raw Television, I think this is a good time to dive into, if you don't mind, dive into WWE TV a little bit. If you watch WWE Television, you can see Heyman's philosophies and Vince's philosophies at odds. Like people sometimes talk about how at the end of the Beatles thing, like with Revolver, you can tell which who wrote what song. You can almost see Heyman. Oh, he's getting to control a little bit more SmackDown now. Oh, he's getting to control a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Because it's different business philosophies. Vince comes from Bruno sold out the garden. Not WWE or WWF or whatever. Bruno sold out the garden. Hogan made wrestling mainstream. Stone Cold sold the most tickets of anybody ever. Shawn Michaels felt like it was his fault they were losing the Monday Night Wars because he was the champ. Your champion, the name on the marquee, is the guy selling the tickets. And the show is booked in that direction. It feels like that. Roman Reigns comes out. He's the first part of the show. He's the last part of the show. The other Last night, Roman Reigns program. Now, don't get me wrong. Seth, Kevin Owens are in the program as well. The Usos, they are basically the tag team division. The champions are actually there to save Roman. So even the tag team division is a part of the Roman Reigns story. And you had the first part of the show and the last part of the show. 45 minutes worth of the show is Roman's program with Seth. Does it work? Yeah. Roman's probably the single... He may be the best fictional character in the world right now. But it doesn't do much for your mid-card. No. <laughs> right? But he has the time. He's telling these intricate stories about him and his brothers and Paul Heyman and, and his insecurities and his ruling with an iron fist. And all of that's wonderful. And, and earlier in the year, Seth was building up guys to feed to him. And then they would lose and go back down the card. But what we've been conditioned to is we're building a guy for a champion. If you watch Raw, it's the same thing. You know, Becky or Big E or whoever's the champion gets the first few minutes. Then they get another program. The other champion gets a few minutes, and then they get. And then the end program is the heavyweight title of, or the or the women's title. And again, what you wind up having, like with SmackDown, for example, if you do forty five minutes with Roman, just about every week, Sammy's in some kind of a program that doesn't have to do with wrestlers all the time, but he's in a guy that can tell stories, so they let him do that. Charlotte's got her ten to twelve minutes. Next thing you know, you got thirty minutes. You take the commercials out. You got thirty minutes for the rest of the program. Yeah. What are you going to do with your tag team? What are you going to do with your? It's tough. And the thing is, it has worked in that Big E had a good, fun, impressive title run as they continued to feed him people, and he looked like a monster. Lashley looked like a monster. Drew McIntyre looked like a monster. But what happens is, we're having like like Damian Priest right now is your mid-card title holder, and you know they're just kicking the can to see, or kicking the tires to see if he can be the guy. And they're, and they're having him tell the story right now. I know you, you don't watch a lot of WWE television. They're having him tell the story right now where he's getting mad during matches, and this, he goes to a place, i.e. Randy Orton. Remember Randy Orton would go to a dark place when he wrestled guys? Yeah. That was never about the guy he was wrestling, though. No. It's about Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Right? And this is the same thing yeah. here. Priest is doing this with different people. 
they're not pushing him to that point. He goes there when things get in doubt for him, when he, when, when he gets mad, you know. So my thing is, at some point, it doesn't become about us. It becomes about me. And that kind of is a difference in philosophies because when you watch AEW, I feel like, and tell me if you feel like, it feels like it's all about us. Yeah. Yeah, rarely does a segment feel like it's designed to just do get one person over, if that makes sense. Correct. Uh, it, it, like, yeah, of course, someone will go out there and it, you can clown on him or whatever, right? But, you know, you kind of know what I mean? I R- do. Rarely is it just one character-centric. Nothing's ever one character-centric. Malachi Black's whole thing has been his assault on other people's senses, but he's he's weakening them. And they're having to build from then. then. And then now, now all of a sudden he's beginning to recruit people into his realm. And Malachi Black is another example of something that feels like a championship that isn't. Because they're battling for their souls, practically. It's like, my God, yeah, what, what is? what are the consequences of this match? I don't even know. Right. But something at, right. is at stake here. Absolutely. At the bare minimum. Well, think about this, too. If you turn on Dark, you may see Adam Cole wrestle. Mm-hmm. You'll see Andrade wrestle. You'll see Pac wrestle. You'll see these are world class talents that are doing the internet show. So it does get, but what does that lend you to? Every match matters because every time I put somebody in there, and it don't get me wrong, I, I I sound like I'm totally over hyping what they're doing because, of course, if you if every match is 15 minutes, then no match is impressive. Yes, and, and there is there's a push and a pull. They run that gamut like. I remember a couple weeks ago, people online were like, well, this show, they didn't have anything that had to do with the big name guys. And I thought, yeah, but that's they did. They I, told stories throughout the whole car. You lost an entire show to tell stories about everybody that's not. I've always said the easiest thing to do is tell a story about a belt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it writes itself. You. you I, I want mean, the you gold. Can, you can put twist on it, but people want the gold, sucker. Yeah. Well, that's where that's that's how you get. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) The key is, the thing that gets me, the thing that I think that gets the non, how do I put it? The thing that gets the the mark, which I I think we are, which I think, uh, you know, you should always aspire to be, is a mark in something, right? You should care that much. Yeah, you should enjoy something. Wow, what a novel idea, right? Right, 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 right. But the thing that gets that person is these these stories that are told between people outside of the belts. It's it's 2.0 jumping Kingston week after week after week. Why? Why why Kingston? What did he do to deserve it? Nothing. He was eating and catering. Nothing. But Kingston made it great because he did take offense, you know? Because Kingston is is a strong character. He's a mid-card character. Right. And he can shoot up the card, he can shoot down the card, he can do whatever. He's in a very flexible position. And how did it happen? We talked about it a, a week ago, maybe. Thank you, Cody. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing how everything in pro wrestling happened. It happened Back to through Cody. Cody Rhodes. But it also happened on a random mid-card title match that turned into him getting not only that match, but him getting a championship match with Moxley. And that story... And we can make fun of it as much as you know, we all make fun of the Kenny Omega explosion match, right? It's the such death a match. okay, man. It's such a good match up until the ending, and I can I I, I try so hard to forgive it, and I still really like that match. But I, yeah, it's it's easy to to be like, 
well. <laughs> well, but okay, the moment though that he covers Mox. Dude, melts my heart. Again, but that takes you into another story because then we get the good cop the good cop story, right? Where the, you know the two guys that had been battling each other are now best friends and they, and they know if if it took me all of this to beat you, then our mutual respect will get us through these issues with the Bucks or whomever. And, you know, what Cody was talking about, funny because he made fun of the NXT, right? Red Dragon <laughs> coming on. They did <laughs> those great sh- in those hip shots talk. are so unwarranted, but the, the whole promo was so unhinged. It just it fit right in. Well, and it was a little too all over the place, but it was, it, I, I enjoyed it. it but his very like, much. facial twitching and all that, did he, he was. You know what it crazy. was, though? It was three promos. It was, and he condensed them because the the promo the promo about how I actually was the forbidden door. That's one promo, what, right? And he's been waiting to say that, of course, the whole time. And he ain't wrong. No, mind you, he ain't wrong. Going back to other parts of that promo, he reminded me of NXT, and that's what NXT was good at. Was what AEW is good at as well, telling stories outside of your championships. The Undisputed Era wasn't just about Adam Cole, even though they did protecting. They also had things going on in the periphery, right? The, this version of NXT they're doing right now, they're doing a lot of storytelling. It's hit and miss because everybody's brand freaking new at their jobs. Yes. But they are at least having every single person on the show with a mic, utilizing mic time. Sometimes with like a guy like Carmelo Hayes, you're like, oh, and that Trick, Trick Williams, he's really good on the stick. And you're like, wow, they're they're really far ahead of where they should be at this point. And then you have the flip side of it sometimes, right? Which that's part of it too. When you when yes. you give everybody money, and we get that Jade and Anna, we we're watching them grow up before our eyes. Even with the the promo they gave pre that match, a little bit, I was kind of rooting for them. With Anna, I was kind of like, mm, come on, you can do this. Just, I, just, I know I had that same moment <laughs> where I was like, you're just you're just you're you, a little off. You you're seem just, so close. You seem nervous. Right, but by the, relax a little more. You got it. Right, and but by the same token, they went out there and they gave us that match, and it was I was impressed so much better than I thought it was going it to was be. It was better than what I've seen from them before, and it, I was like, wow, correct. And when they anointed when they anointed Jade, I thought this is weird because we have a performer that might need to be booked like Goldberg in a company that doesn't do Goldberg, and it worried me. But then they went out there and they had this happen, and I thought, and then. The the key to that is, this wasn't Ruby Soho. This wasn't Brit. This wasn't Deeb. This wasn't even Sheeta. This wasn't Thunder Rosa. This was two cats, AEW homegrown home, talent. Thank you, AEW homegrown talent that went out there and got ten minutes and didn't miss step. Were there moments that could have been done more fluidly? I mean, yeah, absolutely. There were also moments in the Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens Usos match that could have been done more fluidly. Nothing's that ever going to be. Now, perfect. don't get me wrong. That, that was oh. a little better. <laughs> but you're talking about. You see what I mean, though? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're giving everyone time to grow, and it's so interesting to watch. And I think part of it is the expectation, right? Vince can't afford to have his stockholders tell him, "Well, we're dipping," right? So he has. This one omnipresent champion or this one unbeatable champion that he believes brings eyes to the product. He has a handful of 
for years it was Taker, for years it was Lesnar, for years it was it still is Goldberg sometimes. If I really need a bump in ratings, I can call that guy. He's got a couple of part timers on the roster. I got an edge here. I can put in something. I got, you know, I, I, and then I keep my ratings here. And if I need a little bump, I do this. I call a guy, and then I'll I'll sell some tickets to you know I'll get I'll, I'll get up a partnership with Jackass. I'll get a partnership with this, and then boom, you know, and, and he does that, and he pays a handful of guys a bunch of money. Whereas Tony, I don't think has those expectations because once TNT says, okay, you're good. This is what we want. Now he, and I do think he booked towards expectations. I think the reason we got so much Jericho, the reason we got so much Omega was for him to get solid footing in a second contract. Of course, yeah. And now I think we're seeing what I believe is his vision, which is everybody here gets to work. And every match feels big. And I do think that means he's a Paul Heyman guy, whether he wants to say it or not. Yeah, because it comes from that school. Uh, you got anything else? Go ahead. Uh, I, Go ahead. I, I do think that just having a strong mid card is is so key to a wrestling company's like success, and for for just like making every show really watchable. I right. don't want to watch the last twenty minutes of a show and just ignore the rest. Right. Well, the thing I is, like watching wrestling. I like I like watching characters and mid card people. That's what made impact so full of heart to me for for a long time when i watched it was all these lower card guys got an opportunity to do odd segments in the back weird weird match to like you know that kind of thing where it was just like i, I liked it wrestle house wrestle house wrestle house gave all these people in a fairly non-wrestling format an opportunity to tell us who they were so then when they did get into programs i cared about that character there may not be a pro wrestling character, I, a character I like better than Johnny Swinger. I was gonna say Johnny Swinger is so unique. <laughs> hey, he's not, <laughs> and he, he, he may never win a match. He may never win any match. Right? An but, old man beat him up, but he's my champ. Exactly. <laughs> we, you honest, honest to God, you need losers on your roster. Right. Well, you, you need, need people who who go out there and lose every single match. You need people who are just goons and buffoons. Well, that's you need Brandon I, Cutler. That's why I thought Seth was important to WWE last year. Is that he did lose a lot of rivalries, rivalries, but he would hand them to. And that's another thing because of the perception of WWE. Once Cesaro loses to Roman and goes back down the card, once Finn loses to Roman and goes back down the card, we think of it as always oh, headed to the abyss. Because there isn't, if you're not The Miz, if you're not Kevin Owens, if you're not Seth, if you're not Sammy. Can't guarantee TV time. Well, and you also don't get a lot you can sink your teeth into. You know, like they give Ricochet a match every week because Ricochet's incredible. What a talent. He's Miles Morales. Yeah, literally. You know, but but how many times can I watch Seamus kick his head off? And Seamus At least a couple, I'll say. Uh, oh, they, they have great matches. All the, But the thing <laughs> is, they have great matches all the time. Up until the Brogue kick, right? And Seamus has been on a run. Of some of the best matches every week are Sheamus matches, but again, where does it go? Because he Roman's the heel. I know they're not going to do heel versus heel, right? So then he just kind of is there. You know, if you go over him, you got a shot. If you don't go over him, you don't, right? And then it doesn't go into something. And he he does have feuds that are good. I, I love Sheamus as as a performer. He's a fantastic wrestler, and they do big big men well over there anyway. But it doesn't ever have the feel of this is. This is going to make, I don't know how to put it. When you're wrestling Adam Cole in a rivalry right now on AEW, it feels like it's must-see. And when you're watching Sheamus, 
if you got to get up and go to the bathroom, you can. Yeah. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. Some of that, though, also has to do with a lot of the Christian, Cole, Danielson, Punk, all these guys are, it's new. And the guys they're wrestling are new. And one thing that they're doing very well is he's not going back to, like I said, I've seen Ricochet and Sheamus a hundred times. He's not going back to things again. They wrestle each other. If, if I'm in a program with your faction, I don't wrestle you till the end. Part of that as well, though, is they're doing four pay-per-views a year. WWE is trying to build to a pay-per-view every month. Again, it's totally different what you're trying to do with your product. The, the structure and, and philosophy behind it is, is just so just different worlds. Right. You well, know I, have, I, mean? I have a product I have to sell for Peacock on Sunday in four weeks. Tony's trying to sell a product next next episode. I'm trying to sell a product on TBS on Wednesday, <laughs> and then I'm going to try to sell a product on TNT on Friday. I was going to say, yeah, tune in to Rampage, then tune in to Dynamite, yeah. trying to sell the next episode. Right, and then he has a few special events to be even better, but he like is constantly trying to sell the next episode, which means this little thing right here needs to be a big thing because I need you to watch next episode. I do think the uh, the pay-per-view every month thing, I, I, never, I never didn't like it when I watched, honestly. Cause, because it felt like they they some of these episodes were almost completely skippable. Because you're like, all right, Seth, Seth and, and Owens are having a match at a pay-per-view, right? That's going to be a great match. Yes. But Seth's going to go out there and he's going to uh, kick kick Owens in the head after a match. And that's going to be it. <laughs> well, <to laughs> or, or something like that where it's just like, I kind of know already. Right. Well, to your point. Because there's such a, a set date, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Seth, Bobby Lashley, main event, brawl. Oh, my God. Those guys were born to wrestle each other. I Absolutely. Super talented. Bobby can throw that guy around like he's weightless. And Seth is so willing to bounce and roll and bounce and roll. And when, and when Seth is in a scenario where he's wrestling like he's possessed, like a hyena almost, yes. he just c- continues to attack when he's in that mode, which he doesn't get to do as much as a heel. He, but when he's wrestling a guy like Bobby, he has to just to be able to stay in it. He's fantastic. But, of course... It's a wonk ending, right? I and you knew it was going to be a wonk yeah. ending. You know what I mean? So you get, you get, you know, fifteen minutes of eight stars, and then you get a two star finish. You know, but but you have to because Bobby has Bobby can't lose. He's wrestling Lesnar at the end of the month, and Seth can't lose because he's got to wrestle Roman in a couple of days. So of course it's going to be weird, right? Right, right, right. But but also, what's the point of the show to sell Peacock and on the Rumble at the Royal Rumble? What's the point of Wednesday show to sell to 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 impress you enough tonight to watch Friday to impress you enough Friday to watch Wednesday? You know, so it's two totally different things. And I think that Vince knows he has a base audience. He's always booked this way. He knows he has a base audience, and then he tries to figure out how to bring in people from outside of it. And I think Tony is trying to slowly build. Like, he doesn't think he has a base audience. He knows it could go down or go up. So he wants to go up a little every Gradual. week. Right? Uh, that's what I got my guess. Uh, yeah, it's because, like, I don't know. The way people talk about it, I don't think, like, either one is, like, inherently worse than the other, if that makes sense. Right. It's just a philosophy. It's just a philosophy difference. And whatever you enjoy, whatever people overall tend to enjoy mm-hmm. when you look at the numbers, when you look at all that. But it's not inherently... Right. Better or worse. Right. I, I like. I may like the way AEW books more. I like the way New Japan books even better. Right. Uh, in terms of they don't really have anything but big shows. Right. They have like the little house shows in between big cards uh, where they can have fun, fun matches. But 
they kind of just have the big, big moment. So is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Thank you so much for this. This has been Jared. This has been me, KP. Check out our friends at the Game Project. The G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Spark. And copyright 2022. Go home. <laughs>